Gamergoggle. Hello and welcome to a very special first episode of Gamergoggle, our weekly gaming podcast. I'm your host, Ian. And I'm your co-host, Tim. Awesome. Wonderful way to start things off. I'm very, very pleased with that introduction from Tim. I think it really describes his character well. You know, when you get something in your throat, you know, you just gotta make that thing get out, you know? I think that's a valid point. We have a lot to talk about this week. Not that much happened, but hey, we gotta get it out of the way. E3's right around the corner, so there's a lot of hype. So let's get started with This Week in Gaming, where we cover what's happening this week in the world of video games. This Week in Gaming. A few things this week in gaming. Resident Evil is getting a reboot in the film industry. Could not care less. I never cared about the Resident Evil movies. How about you, Tim? Did you ever see them? Uh, I saw one of them. I don't know. They had, they had some zombies. They had some dogs. They had a guy at the end that mutated. It was okay, but when I look at the games and compare it to the movie, obviously they're nothing alike. Yeah, yeah, that's the main thing, I think. Um, the... I think, I forget which movie I saw. I didn't hate it. It was fun. It was a decent underworld-esque violent movie. But, you know, when I think of the games, I think these deep survival horror things, you know? Yeah, the movie that I saw was it tried to be deep in a different sense. Like, oh boy, the girl's a clone and the government's using clones of the girl. But she has psychic powers and I'm not sure if that's in the games where she has psychic powers or not. I have no idea. I'm not familiar with the Resident <laughs> Evil games. I, I've watched I, uh, a couple Let's Plays here and there. I know that some characters exist, like um, Jill Sandwich, and that's about it. And I know the new one has the crazy uh, farmer family, so, you know, there's that. I've yet to play um, Resi 7, but I am going to. It looks really cool. Watch the Let's Play of it. It's... It, uh, when I look at the others and I watch that one, they're very different. Very different, yeah. Um, I definitely got Silent Hill vibes from it, actually. And I think it's also it's related. Like it's the beginning because like at the be- end they see a character from the other games. Don't remember his name. Yeah, it is canon. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not a reboot. The movies are getting rebooted though. No real information aside from that, but thought it was worth note. Also, one of the bigger things this week: Far Cry, Far Cry, <laughs> what? Far Cry Five got a trailer. Oh boy, third one in how how long has it been since the other two? Oh, like, two weeks, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've never played a Far Cry game, but I always thought they looked interesting. They look like fun. Um, the one that I actually thought looked coolest was Primal. I never played Primal. I, I I saw it. You know, I I had Far Cry Two. I started with that. I didn't get too far into it because it was it was okay. Far Cry Three. You now that was like my first full Far Cry experience. Really good. Had Voss, and obviously they uh, spoiler alert, kill off halfway through and it ruins the game. But well, yeah, I'm sorry. I way know to, it's way to spoil games from uh, years I'm, ago. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, yeah, best part of the game. Everyone's like, oh Voss, 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 and they kill him. It's like, oh, I was the real bad guy. And it's like, oh, whatever. And then Far Cry Four looked like it had an interesting villain, but I never played it. But hey, that one had the first flying vehicle in it, a tiny little helicopter. You know, they went from hang glider to helicopter, and Primal got rid of everything. And then you have this one, Far Cry Five, which is in good old uh, Montana, USA, and you got your little biplane with a or not biplane. Was it by plane? I don't remember the trailer one, but it was a plane with a Gatling gun, which is you know, yeah. Like a cro- I think it was more of a crop duster. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that it seems like the trailer's getting a lot of hate, from what I can tell. Honestly, as someone who has very little interest in the series aside from a passing glance and saying, "Looks like something I'd pick up in a summer sale." Uh, I liked it. I thought it looked interesting. Not gonna buy it. Not that interested in it. But I do think it doesn't look bad i'm kind of into the setting it reminds me of home in a very funny way yeah basically we live in a very redneck area granted we're outside we're like what 80 miles outside of pittsburgh quite a ways yeah um as opposed so like i mean and pittsburgh's you know hour and a half drive or whatever it's not nearly the same setting 
overall, but it feels so similar to that redneck vibe. Yeah, when I looked at it, for some reason, the first thing I thought of was Outlast 2, because the whole main bad guy situation is like an overly religious, crazy people, except this time they have machine guns, and you can actually fight back against them and stuff, so... I don't know, that's just what I got from it when I looked at it. I think it looks interesting, but I'm not going to pick it up. In any case, trailer dropped, check it out. It's worth watching, I thought. It looks really nice, obviously. Oh, you know, with Ubisoft yeah. games, it's probably not going to look... It's not, definitely It'll not look, look nothing like this when it comes mm-hmm. out. We'll see it at E3 in um, two weeks. You know, Tim and I will be on the floor, we'll be there, we'll be like, oh, wow, this game looks amazing, and it'll come out and it'll be like, wow, great graphics, PlayStation 1. Just watch dogs all over again. Ugh. Um, and our main story, I guess I would say, not it just it, this actually happened. Uh, I think one week ago to the day, but I thought it was interesting enough that it was still worth bringing up. Uh, and the leaked image uh, for the YouTube viewers, it'll be on screen. Um, iTunes listeners, you'll have to look it up elsewhere. Um, Mario and Rabbids crossover. You see, when I first saw that, when I first heard that from Ian, I was like, wait a second, Rabbids? You mean those those weird rabbit things I saw several years ago that existed? Those, at one the point? Rayman spinoffs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know that either. And then they're mixing that with Mario. I'm like, wait, wait, what? I mean, aesthetically, I get it. I guess, but like, Rabbids, I think, really crazy and waggy and probably, I don't know about the, how they relate to the children, like, Rated E10. I don't know. They look. They're they're kind of E10. They're yeah. a little demented in like a Tim Burton kind of way. Yeah, compared to you know, Mario, it's like, oh, I'm gonna go save the princess for the two billionth time. Bob Hoskins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll get more on that later. You'll see. <laughs> uh, final segment. But uh, I I don't know. I not against it. It's an RPG, which is not my genre. I don't hate turn-based RPGs. Um, coincidentally, the ones that spring to mind that I really like are Mario games. Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga on the Game Boy Advance, one of my favorite games on the GBA. Phenomenal game because of how involved the battle system is. I really like the first Paper Mario as well. I'm playing through it for the first time just in my free time recently. Um, about six hours in, so not too far. But I'm really into it because, again, it's got a very engaging battle system. But I'm not into turn-based battles. I don't know about you, Tim. It depends on the game. Like... Um, I have played some of the older RPGs. I have a couple for my Game Boy. Like there's one of these called Rebel Star, and it's like it's not the same turn base where you have two sides. You select your attack and you go. It's you actually position your people kind of an isometric uh, 3D view. Oh, and then oh, they, oh, like Fire Emblem style. Yeah, so it's still it's like still turn based. So it's a tactical RPG. Yeah. Okay. That's like the that's I I, I enjoy that. All right, so a tactical RPG. You might want to check out Fire Emblem. Um, in any case. I like exploring in RPGs. I'm not big on battling. I'm especially not big on grinding, which is why I cannot get into oh, games like Pokemon. Definitely, yeah. That's why I can't get into Pokemon. I've well, tried. For me, Pokemon was the really world bad. is interesting. There's so much grinding. You see, for me, when I first played Pokemon, I, I probably did it the way everyone would disagree. I just did the main starter Pokemon. That was it. Just did the starter, every single battle. I caught other Pokemon so that when my starter died, I'd use a revive <laughs> on him. They die. He goes back out. <laughs> And some, every so often, like, very rarely, I get to that situation where it's like, crap, he comes back half health, gets one hit, and I have to repeat, and I just lose all my Pokemon. Like, well, uh, it's time to go duplicate uh, six level 100 Rayquazas at the Battle like, Frontier. I feel like you're not quite playing the game right. That, my first playthrough, d- definitely not at all. Second playthrough, <laughs> I was like, man, I appreciate this game now that I'm older and understand things about it. And then, you know, I just haven't played it for a while. I'm on and off with that, so... I can't get into the it. Fun but times there. Digressing back to um, Mario and Rabbids, um, the 
leak that I saw described the game as being, I think I saw it on Game Explain. So, you know, giving credit where it's due there. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe they said supposedly like 65% combat. Oh, my. Um, and then, you know, 35% exploration. That's mm-hmm. very much not my thing. I'm not big on turn-based combat, so I don't know if I'll pick the game up uh, at launch or at all because it just it sounds like it's going to be more traditional. Mario with a Bullet Bill Mega Man gun is intriguing, <laughs> to be yeah. sure. I like the art in a weird kind of way, but I'm not sure if I'm going to pick up the game. Yeah, I'm not sure what they're going to do with it. I probably won't get it. I don't really have many of the Nintendo systems myself. That's more of Eid's main thing, yeah. I'd say. But uh, it's intriguing. The Switch is getting a lot of games, which is good. I'm pleased with that. Um, and we'll be talking a lot about the Switch in the upcoming weeks, I'm sure. Especially with E3 right around the corner. Nintendo's looking to have a big year with that. This is supposed to be one of their big E3 surprises, so it's a little depressing for them, I'm guessing. But, you know, they still have Mario Odyssey. They still have... Probably a new Pikmin or a new Metroid. God forbid a Metroid. Let's be real. <laughs> nah. There's something interesting up their sleeves. I'm sure it's Nintendo. They really, they rarely mess up E3 that badly. Wii Music notwithstanding. In any case, on the topic of Mario RPGs, let's move on to Game of the Week. Game of the Week. All right. Time for Game of the Week. In this segment, we talk about a game that we chose to just sort of discuss for the week. New, old, good, bad, whatever the case may be, we felt like it was worth talking about. And this week's Game of the Week is... Super Paper Mario for the Nintendo Wii. Why? Because we started playing it our Let's Play, which is a little side thing we're doing besides the podcast. You want to check it out, if I remember, here's a card if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever, uh, feel free to look us up on YouTube. It's probably not worth it, but hey, I do. We've pretty good let's play so far, if I do say so myself. I'd say your voice acting is is, is pretty <laughs> substantial. Yeah, the voice work is most of the game, and it is an absolute. Blast. I do cough up blood with Count Black. <laughs> uh, so my experience with Paper Mario is pretty limited. I only played the first one um, on the N sixty four, and even then, only for the last week or so. I just picked it up. I really like it. Very different piece from this game. The original Paper Mario is a turn-based RPG. This is a platforming action RPG, and I really, really like it. Yeah, this is the only one I've ever played. I got this several years ago. I played. My sister was like the one who played it, and I was kind of there with her. We'd each do voices and stuff for fun. Put it away for a few years, and we're like, wait, what game should we play for our first Let's Play side thing for the channel? I'm like, hey, you know what? Super Paper Mario, you know. It's Mario. It's an RPG. It has a decent story which we tend, he tends to skip over a little bit, but hey. our voices make <laughs> up for the little parts that we don't get, you know. You don't get all of Chunk's uh, deep background history story, whatever, but you do get... <laughs> do, do the voice. Do the voice. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it a willy. You get lots of that, so if you're into that stuff, go ahead and uh, check out the Let's Play. It's pretty good. Enough advertising, though. The yeah. game is worth talking about in itself from what I've played so far. We're about three hours in, and I I really, really like it. It's a very fun little game. Um, it's mostly a 2D platformer, which is one of my favorite genres. I'm big on 2D games, and I think this one's great in terms of its controls, its visuals, its music, style. It's it's a very, very appealing game overall. There's lots of puzzles. That's that's the part that's starting to get to us. Uh, yeah. thing. Like, it's really good. There's a nice story, but they're in the gameplay segments. Once you get past just the run, kill the enemies, get to the end, you're like, wait a second. Where do I go from here? Is there a secret door or I have to use one of my little pixels to open something? And they're, they're clever with it, but it can get a little annoying at times. And to elaborate on what Tim's talking about, 
Um, there are a couple of mechanics that are a little bit obtuse, but not necessarily bad, depending on which one we're talking about. All the Mario RPGs, at least in the um, Paper Mario series, have an ability called Tattle, where you can get a description of an enemy. In this game, it's done by pointing at the enemy with the Wii Remote and clicking on them. It's a little bit obnoxious, but whatever. But you also use that pointer to reveal secrets in the world. So mm -hmm. there'll be points where you wander around for like 20 minutes wondering, okay, where do I go now? Only to discover, oh, I did not know to point at that specific patch of ground to reveal a secret door. Not a fan of that. The other thing that I actually am a big fan of, but sometimes it's a little overused, is the ability to switch into 3D. Only Mario can do it. There are a couple playable characters. Mm -hmm. um, what is it? Mario, Peach, Luigi, Bowser. Yeah, each of them has their own special ability. Um, Mario's being the So far, 3D. I only have Mario and Peach, but Mario can go into 3D. He can shift the perspective of the world, which is incredibly cool. I really like it. But it's kind of annoying whenever you think that you're in a really well-designed 2D area, but you can't figure it out. You realize, oh, go 3D, walk five feet backwards, and you solve it. It's a little cheap, and it happens a lot. Yeah, like our recent segments, I remember you got we got stuck because we were going to the rooms and looking at them in 3D, and we were like, wait a second, maybe we should go to the hall. Well, actually, we weren't like that. We looked it up on a we looked yeah, up a guide. Yeah, we, we went to lost. IGN and looked up a walkthrough. And what do you know? We had to go in the hallway, go into 3D, and then walk backwards because it wasn't in front of you. It was like super hidden behind you where you can't see in 3D because you always look to the right when you're in 3D. Right. So you had to walk backwards until you accidentally, oh, look, there's a secret room. And then they did it again on the floor beneath it that you had to get the item to use on the other floor to get to the thing to skip jumping a million times, which you can do, I believe. Yeah. I think there's a video of a guy who actually, I think he modded or something to jump a million times at one point to get a million rupees that you need to progress and... It was hilarious. Or you could get 10,000. I'm not sure if that's the legitimate way to do it, because we did actually find, like, the number, the codes we need to progress. There's an area where up. you're trapped in a mansion, just to explain, with to give, yeah. to give a little context. There's an area in the game where you're trapped in a mansion, and you need to, um, you break a vase, and you have to pay off your debt by supposedly working by jumping into a block to generate power, which it's a very funny gimmick. Mm -hmm. um, and you like each jump is worth like, I think one Ruby, I think and it's, it's funny. It is really funny. I mm -hmm. thought it was hilarious. Um, I, you, I'm pretty sure you can just stand there and do that. And then she'll be like, ah, ah, and then she'll flip out, but mm -hmm. uh, definitely a funny segment. And that's one thing I will say. The game's humor is on point. This game is hilarious. The writing is about as good as any Mario RPG I've played, which is to say, Pretty fantastic. I really like the game. I think there's a lot more focus on the story in this one compared to the other ones. Like, I know it's the story's all like it's RPG like yeah. All the Mario RPGs. Yeah. It's like all the other Mario RPGs when it comes to story. There's a lot of story. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's kind of weird to play a 2D Mario game, which is it still ultimately feels like you know another 2D Mario game. Not in the same sense that say New Super Mario Brothers is, where it's more or less a continuation of Mario World and Mario 3, but it feels much more in that vein than it does, say, Mario RPG, Legend of the Seven Stars, or Paper Mario 1, or Thousand Year Door, Mario and Luigi, whatever. It definitely feels closer to the Mario platformers than to the RPGs, which I'm fine with. The game's a blast, and I love platformers. Platformers are my favorite genre. That's my thing. I love it. It's just, I feel like as good as it is, is flawed. It does have problems. It's not perfect. 
What would you say some of the flaws are? Because uh, just like the cheap um, getting lost for oh, a long yeah, period well, yeah, of time. That, okay, yeah, that. that's that's more what I'm talking about. In terms mm-hmm. of the level design, it's a little barren, but for an RPG, it works. Um, graphically, I adore it. Mm-hmm. Um, controls are on point. Mario feels great in that game. Mm-hmm. And I like what every time you enter a level, it kind of just draws everything out, and they use that for all the little special effects and stuff. Like people will just like you'll have a little a, a square cut out in the world, and then they'll flip in. And when you get to the world, like I said, it draws the world, it, it outlines everything, and then colors it all in afterwards, and has a nice little parallax effect and everything like that. Yeah, it's a very charming game. And again, definitely well worth playing. I think it's $20 to download on the Wii U, probably 15 at a GameStop. Probably. Um, it's pretty old right now, but Yeah, still and you good. can download it on the Wii U Virtual Console. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if you have a Wii U, which all six of you with Wii U, I mean, <laughs> we recorded it on a Wii U, Tim and I both have Wii U's, mm-hmm. um, but... You know, I think it's worth picking up. I think it's a fun game. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely, pretty long, and that's a good thing for an RPG. I think it's. I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. And that's probably enough about Super Paper Mario for now. Let's move on to Hype Train. All aboard the Hype Train. Hype Train. In this segment, we're going to be talking about games that we, or at least one of us, are looking forward to. There are a lot of games coming up, and E3 is right around the corner. We're basically going to be having a week-long Hype Train session, as Tim and I are going to be at E3. Be sure to check the YouTube channel for updates on that from the floor of the show. But in any case, this week's Hype Train is on Sonic Mania. Now he's a lot. More, he is a lot more of a Sonic fan than I am. I still appreciate Sonic and you know High Speed Hedgehog, Blue Hedgehog, and all his friends and stuff. But I believe Ian knows a lot more about this than what I do right now. So would you care to inform me about this whole Sonic media deal? Well, okay. Let me start by saying that I'm really biased towards Sonic. It's Mega Man might be above it. I'm not sure, but in general, I think it's safe to say that Sonic is my favorite franchise. Despite Sonic 06 and Sonic Boom and Shadow the Hedgehog and Secret Rings and all these awful, awful games. There are bad Sonic games. You have that game. Uh, Uh, Tim Tim owns three (laughs) Sonic games. He owns Sonic Heroes on Xbox, which is at my My house. My first Sonic game. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually have this copy at my house so I could play it in HD. I have it on GameCube, personally. Great Mm -hmm. game, um, if flawed. Definitely flawed, but Uh. solid. Mm -hmm. Um, Fun. For one playthrough, I'd say. Um, At a time. The way it's structured is garbage. I got but. lost on the second one. I don't know. It's probably just me being a kid not being able to figure out what to How do. How do you get lost? The level design I, always. I know, but <laughs> I don't even remember. It was like the Sonic one, and it's really open. There was like a whole bunch of different ways to go, and it's. I, I'd say it's a slightly. It's really linear, but there are some parts that are a little too open, and I guess my little kid mind couldn't wrap around. If you play it through it again, you're gonna. You have a I'll, I'd probably go straight through it again if I yeah. ever. Um, Do it again. And the way it's structured is garbage because you have to beat it four times back to back to back to back to unlock the final boss. Mm-hmm. And you have to get all the Chaos Emeralds, which are terrible. It's not a great game. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, he also has Sonic Colors, which I bought him. He has not played it. I played it a little, a little bit. bit. Couple Co- Colors then. is a great game mm-hmm. um, for what it is. I really, really enjoy it. It's my favorite game on the Wii. Um, and then Sonic 06. And yeah, Sonic 06, which is that was, a, that was a gag <laughs> gift at the same time as Colors. Um, I have every main Sonic game. And as a huge Huge fan of the series. I'm hyped for Mania and Forces, but we're going to save that for another time. I want to wait until... I, I don't want to give my full judgment on Forces until after I play it at E3. All I know about that is I hear about them character creations. Mm. And that's about it. That's all I, all I know about the whole uh, Sonic Forces thing. Yeah, Sammy Classic, Sonic Fam the Hedgehog. Yeah. <laughs> um, interesting, I know. But anyway... I'm excited for Mania, if you're not aware. Sonic Mania is made by the team who handled... The recent digital remasters of Sonic CD, 
for Steam, Xbox Live, hmm. PlayStation Network, and iOS and Android, as well as the iOS and Android ports of Sonic 1 and Sonic 2. All of these are by far the definitive versions of those games because unlike most ports of Sonic games, they're not emulations. They're actually running on a new engine. Oh, okay. I don't remember what the engine is called, but it's a custom engine made. It's a fan game engine, and it was so solid that Sega basically hired the guy to do remasters. Oh, wow. And those were so fantastic, and they added content and characters, and everything ran at a silky smooth 60 instead of 30. Like, phenomenal, perfect remasters. They are some of the best you will play. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, fan-related stuff I see with uh, Sonic nowadays, like a whole bunch of fan games that were inspired by it, and... Mm. Uh, the Sonic fan yeah. base is one of the best and worst at the same time. And but I'm Sonic generally Twitter. very positive towards it. And Sonic Twitter, that. oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that sounds like a whatever topic for another day. Yeah. Because they revolutionized the Twitter game. Um, <laughs> them and Wendy's. You yeah, but Wendy's, when... Wendy's is in a different way. It, yeah, it's a different way. I love them both to death. What do you think about Twitter right now, I'd say? Wendy's and Sonic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those two are some of the best things ever. But... Uh, Sonic Mania is Christian Whitehead, the man who did those remasters. The Sega gave him a budget, gave him a team, and said, go to town, make a game. And we are going to be seeing, I believe in August, that game is set to be released. It was going to be out by now, but they delayed it. Thank God, Sega delaying Sonic games. Woo! That could have prevented Sonic Boom. That could have prevented Sonic 06. I like to think in my head that that could have prevented Secret Rings, which I actually hate more than those games. Secret Rings is garbage. Um, No opinion. Uh, it's terrible. Imagine an on-rail Sonic game where he always runs forward, and to control Sonic, you tilt the Wii Remote left and right. Kind of sounds like that one app that came out, Sonic Run or whatever. Sonic it was. Dash was Dash. awesome, though, because it was swipe-based, and mm-hmm. it was good. Sonic Secret Rings was like, he constantly ran, and you had to tilt the Wii Remote to make him move, and it was really delayed, and it barely worked, and you could upgrade Sonic to make him control well, but you had to, like, go, you had to actually like pay in-game currency to do it, so it took like hours, and it was horrible. It's a terrible game. So the motion <laughs> controls are bad, you're saying? Because beyond, I know bad. you are a lot more biased against them beyond than I bad. I don't hate motion controls when they're done well; they're just never done well. <laughs> why are we talking about bad Sonic games? This one looks awesome, and that's why I'm talking about it. It is a return to the Genesis style, very heavily inspired, I think, by Sonic Three and Sonic CD. Um, by the looks of things, CD in terms of the music, which if you haven't listened to it. Look up the soundtrack. I forget the name of the composer, and that's killing me. But he's d- always done some fantastic work, and this game seems like no exception. The soundtrack sounds fantastic. The graphics are beautiful. And the level design looks really solid. This game is going to be awesome. You can play as Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, and it's a classic 2D Sonic game. It looks really good. Is it 2D, though? Yes. Fully 2D. 2D graphics. HD sprites. Hmm. Okay. So I haven't looked into this as much as you have. Uh, yeah. No, it's a full-on 2D See, game. So when I think of modern Sonic games, I think, like, you know, 3D Sonic models and all that stuff, but... Well, they did Sonic 4, thing. which I'm one of the few who actually... I like Sonic 4. I think it's a <laughs> solid little game for, you know, what it is. Um, yeah, it's a couple... It's like... Each, it's two episodes. Each episode's like an hour and a half long. They're solid. Mm. They're fun. I like them. They're 15 bucks a pop, I think. Mm. Um... Sonic 4 Episode 1 is actually, it's it's not like a top 5 Sonic game, but it's it's solid. It's a fun little platformer. And Mania looks like it's going to just completely annihilate Sonic 4 in every way. This is full-on a return to the Genesis days. Not my favorite era of Sonic, personally, but objectively the best. So you're basically saying that they're finally making a comeback in the like recent terms of Sonic games. I'd say Sonic doesn't need a comeback as much as people think. I don't know, because being an outsider, I would, I I would think, argue that Sonic has know. a Sonic has a hard time with critics. Um, mm-hmm. Boom was garbage and deserved the hate it got. Lost World, debatable. 
I think Lost World was a solid game. Most people agree it was solid, if not what people wanted. Aside from that, you have Colors, Generations, Unleashed. All were good, especially Colors and Generations, both fantastic games. The Sonic series has had a mostly high track record as of late, and I'm going to say Mania is going to continue the trend. Game looks fantastic. Look into it. Can't wait to try it at E3. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, looks like a fantastic game. I'm probably going to force him to watch the trailer only for the fantastic music in the trailer. I cannot remember the name of the song. I think it's by Hyper Potions. Is that what they're called? Whatever the case, phenomenal trailer theme. That's not in the game, I know, but oh my god, is it good. Sonic has weird trailer music. One time they had My Chemical Romance in it. Oh. <laughs> I just don't like... I don't, I don't listen to, to video game music that much, but I do like Sonic is actually... I'm not, I'm not the biggest Sonic fan, but when it comes to the music, stuff, I actually I do listen to that um, often. Sonic has some of the best. Like you said, Sonic and CD with Sonic Boom, that that thing mm. played on a loop. Toot Toot Sonic Warrior is better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Well, let's move on to the final segment. Whatever. Whatever. Welcome to whatever where we talk about whatever. This week's topic is video game movies. Ooh. Are they good? Are they bad? Yes, they're bad. Why are they bad? Let's talk about it. Um, well, to start with, there's going to be one example we're going to be constantly referring to. You can probably guess what it is, Tim. You want to tell them? It's the Mario movie, of course, with, with Luigi and Mario. You got Mario, Mario, Luigi, Mario. How many Marios are there between them? It's, uh, at least three. three. There's three. Mm-hmm. Mario, Mario, and Luigi, Mario. That's a quote from the movie. It is a quote from the movie. <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, yeah. Just so, like every other character in that thing. Now, there video game movies, there are a lot of them. Mario is the one we're going to be talking about because Tim and I are both adamant fans of the Mario movie. It, yeah, it's, it's, you know, they say it's bad. It is, but... It's, it is. It's it, bad. It's good, you know? It's, it's good. <laughs> no, there are elements that are worthwhile. The effects are fun. The, um, the pacing is mostly solid. The soundtrack is good. Not it, great, but it's good. It's okay. Um, and the effects aren't too bad either. No, as I said, the effects yeah. are actually... Some of them are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Dino Koopa wasn't. No, that was just they put a little sock puppet out. <laughs> yeah, that was really, really bad. Rah, the Goombas are really impressive. Yoshi was awesome. Well, the Goombas were impressive, but they weren't Goombas. Oh, uh, well, yeah, but they were really impressive they were effects. Ninja Turtles. Yes, but the effects were <laughs> awesome. Um, and uh, Yoshi, again, looked nothing like Yoshi. Really cool effects. Um, Aunt Petunia from Harry Potter turned into a skeleton eviscerated against a wall. Yeah, that was cool. The part where Mario uh, fell into their dimension, you know, where he went, wow, for about one minute. And just the part where they t- transform a man in front of the eyes of hundreds into a chimp and everyone laughs even though they just witnessed a horrific disfiguration. No, oh, monkey. <laughs> <laughs> in any case, that's not the only video game movie, obviously. Plenty of bad video game movies exist. The Resident Evil movies I'm going to leave out of it because they're mostly fun and harmless. Same with the first Silent Hill movie. I remember it being fun. The second one was garbage, though. I only catch pieces of those on TV every so often, so I they're, don't, they, I don't know. They're generally so different that they kind of fall into their own thing. I just know they try to copy, like, oh, look, it's the Pyramid Head. Remember him from the video game? Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, but, you know, Final Fantasy Spirits Within, garbage. Had nothing to do with Final Fantasy, but garbage. Um, what else was really bad? There are a lot of really bad video game movies. Um, um the Halo ones, they weren't too bad. They pretty, they looked impressive, but I think they just, they tried, they, they tried to make a Halo movie based on the Halo games, and, you know, they, they captured it to a certain point. I'm not sure if you ever saw any of the Halo movies. I watched a I couple haven't. just to see what, what they were like, and it's like, I don't know how to describe it. Master Chief, like, they, they threw him in, because, oh, Master Chief, you know, he's, like, the main character in all the Halo games and stuff, and it comes out, and it's like, I mean... 
he's sort of epic, but you know, you, you, the armor doesn't match, and they have like one warthog because that's all they could afford. And I don't know, everyone dies in the end, so you only have the main characters. And I, I have, it's, it's, yeah, I have two theories on why video game movies don't usually work, and I'll get to them in a second. Um, I just want to list a few more examples of just that are notable. Street Fighter. I don't know if you've ever seen it, Tim. I wait. Is, I'm trying to remember which one. Street Fighter. Street Fighter is. Eh, I know. Yeah, Street Fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. So now. bad, it's a good movie. Yeah, it's yeah, fun. Yeah. Um, John Jean Claude Van Damme as Guile as the main character. Ryu is a con artist. Chun Li was a reporter. It's weird. I did ever watch the whole thing through. I caught it at the end. I'm like, wait, they're using Street Fighter names and stuff. And then there was a the bad guy <laughs> and they like, punched each other. A it's bit. weird. It's goofy. It's bad. It's fun. I like it. Mortal Kombat. Now the first one's solid. So that's I've it's solid. It's solid. It's Mortal Kombat solid. The second one's not. I don't, I don't remember all of them. I, I just turned them all like, oh, look, Mortal Kombat. Look, that um, guy is the Oh, arms. and Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li is one of the worst movies ever. What? Yeah, that, that's a thing. thing? Oh, and okay. I think there are two reasons that video game movies don't tend to work. Um, and the Mario movie is going to encompass one of them. And I think the Street Fighter movie might help encompass the oh, other one even to an extent. Oh, we mentioned the more recent one, you know, the Assassin's Creed one. Yeah, you know what? We're going like to use that as... That before. I'm going to use that as example number two. Okay. You'll see why in a second. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there are two... I'm going to use Mario and Assassin's Creed as examples of my theories as to why video game movies never seem to okay, work. Okay, lay it on me. Mario, as example number one, has nothing to do with the video game. Mm-hmm. As a fan, going into a Mario movie... I remember... I saw that movie when I was very little. It's, it's a part of my Mario fandom. I, I saw it when I was like four or five. I knew mm-hmm. Mario from the... I had a Super Nintendo growing up. I knew Mario from Mario World and Mario All-Stars. So, to me, seeing that was like, whoa, Luigi doesn't have a mustache, Bowser's a dude with weird hair and lizard eyes, Yoshi's a little raptor, Princess Daisy, why not Peach? This doesn't make sense. Ah, but yeah, That's the part that bugged me the most. I don't know why. I just like... What, that they use Daisy? When I, yeah. I, know I don't th- get it. Yeah. <laughs> I think of Mario. I think Mario and, and, and Peach. And, you know, Luigi's like Mario Luigi. You know, so you yeah. those three, but then it chose Daisy. I'm like, why Daisy? Why was she bored from an egg? Well, that's its own <laughs> can of worms, and that's what I'm getting to. What did it have to do with the games, aside from a few characters, a few images, and a few references? Well, the answer to that is pretty simple. Nothing. Why? Well, Bob Hoskins, who I thought was really solid as Mario. I liked his performance as Mario. Mm-hmm. He is a live-action Mario to me. He worked. Um, He didn't know Mario was based on a game. Until, like, halfway through development. Yeah, I didn't hear that until today, and I was like, oh, Not good. Um, the final directors slash script doctors, they played the first world of the game, I think, and that was it. They didn't care about it. They were like, well, we understand it's an adaptation, so we play the game, but we didn't really like it. You know, you kind of, you know, if you're going to base a movie on a video game, you probably should, you know, play the video game and have a... Now, uh, earlier scripts were a little bit closer to the games, but that doesn't change the fact that... Ultimately, it's very different, and as fans of something, it's too different. And I think it's not maybe as applicable now as it was in 93, when the movie came out, mm-hmm. but people don't necessarily take video games that seriously as an art form and as a medium, which, you know what, fine, it's new. It's not new now, but it's still new-ish. It's newer than movies, certainly. It's certainly newer than music. It's newer than novels, comics. It's it's a new sort of media still, to an extent, and I think that's where the issue lies. I think that's why yeah. people don't necessarily take it seriously they do their own thing with it to 
And I think doing your own thing in adaptation is a good thing. They've been doing a lot of like you know the newer movies. They're redoing all of them. It's like oh look, it's our new Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Uh, Let's not. <laughs> what about uh, DC? All their uh, dark reimaginings of superheroes and stuff. But at and... least they're still recognizable. Yeah, and that's where I'm gonna say the key differences. These adaptations, especially in the case of Mario, which is the most extreme example, it was so different and remote that it didn't even feel like the same thing in the end. And that's the issue with Mario. And one wave of the movies is that as fans, we expect one thing and we get another. Is that partially on the fans? Yes. Now, the Mario movie is a low-quality product in the end, so it's a little bit different. But, still applies. Mm-hmm. Theory number two, Assassin's Creed. Most of the movie is watching people run around parkouring. And there's also, I believe, uh, made-up backstories and stuff that they try to tie it into the game, but it just doesn't really work. It's canon, but it doesn't... It's, it's in, it is canon to the games, but it's not part of the main storyline. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. And you hear about the jokes about the, the all, whole budget just went into the part where he gets lifted up. Did and you notice how a bit it's kind of machine. a really boring movie? I mean... How you're watching a guy parkour around and do all this stuff, and while it's decently shot and decently done... It's not interesting. It's not like, you know, when you watch a YouTube video of a guy, he's like, oh, look, parkour, that's okay. They tried to make well, it, that... That feels involved. And yeah. you know what the difference is? This And I, you know what? I'm going to say the same for... I forgot to mention this. Doom, the movie, applies to both of these things. I never saw Doom, the movie. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Good. good Shooting enough. alien demons. Okay. Good. Um, <laughs> Bad movie. Had one scene that was worth watching that was a, um, a first-person shooter scene. Oh. That was awesome. That the rest of the awesome. movie's garbage. But... That one encompasses both points. It's very different from the game, so it's nothing to do with it. And it's boring. And you know why these things are not as entertaining? It's because you're not living the adventure like you are with a game. Even in an RPG where it's two-thirds menus, you're indirectly involved in what's going on in the story. You Mm. are playing the adventure. You are the protagonist. It doesn't matter if you're playing something like The Last of Us, where it's a main character, and it's not at all something that's defined by you. Joel is very much his own character. As engaging as he is, and as much as I'm looking forward to the movie that they're supposedly doing, I'm gonna watch it when they oh, do. Oh, I didn't know they were doing that. Supposedly, wow. I'm worried about it. What about that Five Nights at Freddy's movie that's supposed to be coming out? You know, no thanks. Well, Five Nights at Freddy's. And here's the issue: where's the fun in watching when you'd rather be playing? And granted, I know we're lots of players, but you know what the difference is? Graphics. No, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we are directly apart. <laughs> Whenever we're doing a commentary, or you're watching a Let's Play, or whatever, you're watching a friend play, you still feel like you're part of it. You're listening to this engaging conversation about the game being played. It's very, very different compared to just watching the events unfold. Movies are a brilliant medium. I love movies. I am a cinema buff. Um... And I love Godzilla. I like new movies. I'm not so much the cinema buff type. Can't always do that. But when a new movie comes out, yeah, I, I love to see him. Like, Guardians Galaxy 2, I haven't seen that he yet. He loved The Secret Life of Pets. <laughs> no. Turbo well, was discussion. his favorite snail. Hey, uh, you, you crap on Turbo too much. I no, hate it was, that movie. It was bad, but it it's wasn't that bad. horrible. Irrelevant. Okay. Regardless. Um... It's not the same. If you're watching something that you're used to playing, and that's the key difference, if you're used to playing something, then where's the fun in just watching it? And again, Let's Plays are different. It's relatable. It's closer. You're not just watching the story unfold. Where's the fun? You're not directly involved. And I don't know if that's as true. I don't think it's as true, but I think it works for in some cases. Like, the fact they want to do a Tetris movie that's a sci-fi space theme movie. Wait, wait, what? what? I yeah, that's a thing this. that they might do. They also wanted to do, I think they canceled this. They're going to do a movie based on The Sims. 
And I can only assume that's people living mundane lives. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do with that? It's like every so often a, a guy goes to the pool and suddenly the ladder disappears. Yeah, it's, it's, a like, bit oh, like, no. it's a bit like watching a movie about Roller Coaster Tycoon and it's just a bunch of guys riding, like, this bunch of people building roller coasters. And every so often, like, a ride will just uh, pop up out of nowhere. It's like, where'd that come from? Let's ride it. No, because of the, yeah, that wouldn't be a very realistic adaptation. I know, but you know. And that's the difference. That, that's the thing. I think a lot of the time, video game movies don't work for that reason. And I think in the case of the Sims movie, I, I hope that got canceled. And there was like another pitch where it was like a guy got a magic copy of the Sims. Oh, good. and it like he uh, his Sims were just people turning around into one him. of those uh, what you call creepy pastas. I was just gonna know? say crazy yeah. fan fictions, but yeah, okay. Yeah. In any Same. case, the Mario movie is a masterpiece. Ten out of ten. Watch it right now. Agreed. Yeah, I want a sequel. I want to know where Daisy was going at the end of the movie. That's right. There was the big cliffhanger. cliffhanger. Oh my gosh! Yeah, what? Uh, what is I it all mean, about? granted, Bob Hoskins is dead. Tragic. He's he was one of the greatest actors of all time. And, uh, Same with Dennis Hopper. Two of the greats. Tragic losses of the last couple of years, last ten years, I think, last five ten years. Did he eat? I don't. Did he eat? <laughs> I'm not sure. Jo- John Leguizamo is still alive. I know, but you know, I mean, didn't eat. Um, and the Mario movie is going to be the most extreme example forever because it's so different. It's so bad. It's it's weird. <laughs> it's it's weird in a good way though. In um, my in our opinion, in a way, half nostalgia, half not half liking bad movies yeah and there are elements of charm to it now i'm just gonna go on a tiny little we're gonna end the episode with me defending it a little bit okay go ahead the mario movie has some good elements you know like the set design was really solid dino hatton was cool even though it was a city you know, not it, was the a little, it was a little weird that they had a, um had their plungers hanging on the wall that's filthy what is that there's the cars that like look like they're from mad max or something well, originally it was going to be a Mad Max style movie. That's true. We're gonna, uh, yeah, we can say, let's save this. You want to quickly go for all the iterations that you showed me? You said uh, like, screw it, why not? All right, yeah. um, little fast. little first episode bonus for you. So there were a couple different script versions, and I'm gonna try and rattle them up. I've read all of them because I really like. I, I have a weird. <laughs> you fixation. read the whole script? Yeah. Oh they're my like, god. They're like, they're like little like 150 page screenplays. A little okay. So sure, um, sure. I, I have this weird fixation with the Mario movie. All right, um, there were a couple of different scripts. The first one, which I think had like Arnold Schwarzenegger as Bowser and like Danny DeVito, they wanted as Mario. That would have been weird. Would have been No, I'm Mario. Sound right, doesn't it? That's Danny DeVito. Mario, stop. In any case, um, you'll be terminated. It was Mario ends up in the Mushroom Kingdom, does stuff. Bowser's there. They call him Koopa, but he's Bowser. Um, Peach is a thing. Is he an old? She might still be Princess one? Daisy, actually. No, Koopa would have been an actual. Much... Actually, look like him. Yeah, imagine like Arnold Schwarzenegger in a Bowser cosplay. I think. I yeah, I'm um, actually having trouble picturing that. There's concept art of it online. It's worth looking up. Okay, um, yeah, like you, hear, you heard him. Look it up right now. Goomba that were like mushroom like Koopa Troopas that were turtles. Toad that was like this mutant fungus man. Actually, the concept arts. Utterly terrifying. I hate it. It but would have been closer than, you know, the punk rock guy with the... With the, with the oh, I'll get more to him. There's actually yeah. details on him. He dies in one in like both versions of the movie. Oh, good. Yeah, he's dead. But in any case, um, you can see his remains, too, in the movie. Oh, oh geez. In the final, yeah. But you'll see. You'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, so that was the first cut. I don't know why they didn't do it. It seemed fine. It seemed fun. It seemed like an average... But honestly, it would have been a good start to the um, video game movie industry. And closer, you say, right? Closer, oh, definitely closer. Yeah. It, it had the feel. It reminded me of Shrek in mm-hmm. its tone. Like this lighthearted comedy adventure movie. It would have been very much like Shrek. Okay. Um, would it have all the adult humor, too, yeah, and all that stuff? It would have, but it still would have been kid-friendly. It yeah. seemed solid. Not great, 
but solid. Not as good as Shrek, certainly, but <laughs> solid. Then they were like, nah, let's do something a little darker. Let's do something a little bit darker, but just a little bit darker. So they took those things and put them into the Dino Hatton setting. I don't know why. Brought in the dinosaur thing to explain all the reptilian creatures, but still had the fungal elements. Um, And you can see where it evolves. There is a strict evolution of everything. It was pretty much the same, but everything was a little... It was still lighthearted, but with like a little bit of a stark contrast in its setting, which seemed interesting. Bad, but interesting. Um, Not much else to say about it. Third iteration is where I know for sure things got weird. It got really dark. It was straight up Die Hard, pretty much. (laughs) It was based on Die Hard. Like, down to Bruce Willis was going to have a cameo, crawling oh along in a ventilation shaft as his character from Die Hard. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, boy. I'm happy that the got Universes cut. collide there. Yeah. Uh, so that was going to be a thing. Uh, and then they made it even darker. It was straight up Mad Max. Like, once they got into the desert, it became Mad Max. They went around in their Mad Max vehicles fighting and brawling, and there was all the, all these dark themes about how Luigi hated Mario or whatever. Well, at least they and replaced Mario, the like, just wanted the desert, to, Mario you know? just wanted love or whatever, but he didn't get it from Luigi. And, like, Koopa was still Dennis Hopper. Um, this was the script that attracted Dennis Hopper, because it was dark and weird. And this was also <laughs> the, stri- the script that attracted um, Bob Hoskins to play Mario. So like, it had an effect. It was important, but it was weird. Mm-hmm. And then Disney came along and bought the rights to the movie, and they still own it. And the production team was like, oh, no, that's not good. So they um <laughs> they made everything very lighthearted because Disney came in expecting to see this family-friendly film. Yeah, because they see Mario, and you're like, Yeah, oh, they're thinking Mario. of the Mario video game. I'm looking at a poster on Tim's wall right now with a Lakitu and a paratroopa and a pink yoshi and mm-hmm. mushrooms and it's so colorful and this would have been just mad max but with mario in it yeah <laughs> disney's like oh no can't have that yeah so then they made it disney didn't do this the production team did to prevent backlash mm-hmm. everyone was gonna get married peach and daisy were gonna get married i assume koopa would have married did you just say peach and daisy oh, i oh, meant oh. luigi and daisy that's right i'm sorry yeah. <laughs> it would have been not a disney movie from I mean, the it 90s been very peach progressive and daisy. Of them it was very progressive it, so, i would have yeah. admired them it wouldn't have been great for mario I or wouldn't luigi. have seen it coming i, I agree um <laughs> mario would have married daniela his girlfriend in the movie he's supposed to be pauline from donkey kong but that's like a, such an obscure reference who cares her middle name is pauline and that's how she's Pauline from Donkey Kong. Did he mention that? No. Yeah, see, it's not even in the credits. The it's like on that. like the script. <laughs> that's how I found out reading the screenplay. Well, but yeah, that was a thing. So then it was like really lighthearted, but it's still the same setting and it was really weird. And then you got the final version, which was sort of a hodgepodge of all of them. But mm. throughout all of it, there was the character of Toad who evolved. Originally, he was going to be the sidekick who was like wisecracking, like in the cartoon. But then I guess someone watched the cartoon and realized Toad made everyone want to stab out their own ears. Because <laughs> seriously, Toad Why? is super... Yeah. <laughs> that was horrible. So then they had him die. Oh. If you look in the de-evolution scene, you know, where they shove... Or they de-evolve him into a Goomba. Yeah. Um, there's ooze all over the floor that just appears. That was him. They de- they devolved him into ooze like they do to Koopa, and they murdered Toad. And then oh. the good Goomba was a different Goomba named, like, Hark or something. And Hark would have been the good Goomba. Eventually, they made them into the same character because they were like, let's not kill Toad. <laughs> I, never, I never noticed the goo there. I could, it's I there. From, like, they slip around on it and stuff. Nope, it's something. not there one scene. It's there the next. They kill Toad. They well, cut then. that. They, they changed it. Like, during the filming, they changed it. Just, For good reason. It was weird. Game. It was weird. I'm happy they changed it. Mm-hmm. Wart from Mario 2 was also in that scene. He's, like, one of the people operating the machine. Oh. So, fun bit of trivia. But in okay. any case, that's a history of the Mario movie. And with that, I think that concludes our first episode of Gamer Gobble. Woo-hoo! 
Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you are on YouTube, be sure to hit subscribe for more weekly shows. We post every Tuesday, record every Monday, so good chance we'll miss some information on this week in gaming just because we have bad luck. In any case... If you're on iTunes, I don't know how you subscribe on iTunes, but I know you can. Be sure to do so. If you're on SoundCloud, be sure to follow us and download it. And don't forget YouTube. You know, you have any input you want to give us. Let us know how we're doing. Oh, yeah. Be sure to leave us a comment down below. We are more than down for that. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have yourselves a fantastic week. See you next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye.